Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Well, this is good. This is really smart. Thank you. Fletcher has worked very hard on the editing and recording. Only, well, it's not true. Does that present a problem? Mrs. Cole, the only problem here is that after you provide years of faithful service and loving support of raising his episodes, they are his, right? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. One for sure. After all of that, your husband wants to deny you a fair share of the asses based on one act of indiscretion. Seven. But pardon me? (laughs) Seven single acts of download indiscretion. Seven acts of download indiscretion, only one of which he has any evidence of, and all of which he himself is responsible for. He is? Mrs. Cole, you're the victim here. The wife of a cold, distant workaholic, starved for affection, driven to the arms of another podcast. Seven. Yeah, whatever. You're not trying to deny him what is rightfully his. All you're insisting on what is rightfully yours. Yeah. And maybe a fraction more. I think you're bending over backwards. Yeah. I mean, I did offer him joint custody of the episodes, He is, after all, a wonderful podcaster. And how does he repay you? By dragging you through a painful litigation process. No, 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 this can't happen. With all due respect, this isn't about you and Mr. Cole anymore. This is about all listeners. Where would Captain Kirk be right now if he'd rolled over and said, Hit me again, Chang, and put some stank on it! Rolling on Rurapente, that's where it'd be. But he's beyond Patreon, because he's decided to send a message. Wake up, listeners, there's no! such thing as a weaker fan. You know what? You're right, Mr. Reed. I am tired of my downloads getting kicked around. Good for you. Thank you. I'm so grateful to have a podcast host I can trust. Oh, you are good. (laughs) You are very, very good. You know, the real field case is worth a truckload of money. To the podcast. If you win, I guarantee you'll make Patreon. Oh. In fact, how would you like to make Patreon right now? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Real Feels Podcast. Every two weeks, we bring you a brand new movie with a brand new genre every single time. Fortnightly! Fortnightly! And... Tonight, we are bringing you courtroom movies, and I am ever so excited to be presenting 1997's Liar Liar. <laughs> you pick them, Drew. Oh, that beautiful bean oh, footage. We're going to share what our parents do for work. My mom's a teacher. And your dad? He's 
a liar. <laughs> you mean he's a lawyer. Fletcher Reed was climbing the ladder of success. You're the victim here. Driven into the arms of another man. Seven. Yeah, whatever. One lie. Tell him it's in the mail. I ran out of gas. You're losing a little weight. At a time. The true victim is my client. Put yourself in his shoes for a moment. You're walking from church when suddenly you encounter him. Pouncing from the shadows. But what made him a successful lawyer? Your ex-wife called. I have to go to court this afternoon. Fletcher, it's his birthday. Also made him an unpredictable father. He said he was going to be here, he promised. Until one day, his son decided to make an honest man out of him. I wish that for only one day, Dad couldn't tell a lie. Is it good for you? <laughs> I've had better. Now. Any change, mister? Absolutely. Um, could you spare some? Yes, I could. Uh, I can't lie. All he can do is tell the truth. Like the new jazz? Whatever it takes to focus off your head. The whole truth. You know why I pulled you over? I changed lanes without signaling while running a red light and speeding. And nothing but the truth. It was me. Your wish came true. How are we doing this morning, Consul? I'm a little upset about a bad sexual episode I had last night. From Universal Pictures and Imagine Entertainment, and the director of The Nutty Professor, Jim Carrey. Liar, liar. New in the building? Mm-hmm. Everybody's been real nice. Well, that's because you have big... He can't lie he can't. for 24 hours. <laughs> In a world where the truth must sustain him. For one lawyer, his... <laughs> Jim Carrey's a dirk. In a world of flirk a dirk a dirk dirk. But one dirk morning he woke up and he said, said, bark a dirk. Jim Carrey is a dirk. It was it was not until like really listening to music and also like looking through all the cast and staff for the actual film that I realized we are having some duplicates come back for movies that we have already done. So the director here is the same director for Patch <laughs> Adams. Yeah, that's a that's, shocker. And that's completely that's completely unintentional. The composer for the music is the same for Little Giants. <laughs> I just I think it's very funny, although I I don't know, maybe it's not as uncommon as I'm probably thinking that like so many people are going to cross paths with films, especially as Nathan was putting it. If you're so good in the industry, you're going to get probably grabbed left and well, right. Wasn't Robin Williams also offered the part Ooh. of Fletcher Reed? Robin Williams was also offered the part of Fletcher Reed, but he uh, he put it, he turned it down. So did uh, so did Steve Martin. Uh, and, and interesting enough, Jim Carrey turned down the role of Dr. Evil in the yeah. first Austin Powers movie to play Fletcher Reed and Liar Liar. I kind of would love to have seen like even just a casting call, like a an audition of him doing Dr. Evil. Like Nicolas Cage in the Superman suit. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Although, frankly, I think, you know, we didn't get him as the evil scientist now, but we definitely got him as the evil scientist in the new Sonic movie. 
Which I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but what from what I'm being told, it's bringing back like 90s Jim Carrey kind of craziness. I've watched it enough for the both of you. <laughs> oh, uh, oh because, is, is the uh, Nugget? Ethan, uh, ooh. The Nugget loves ooh. Sonic and um, will often ask for the Sonic song, which is apparently Queen. Oh. Oh, no. That's the, that's the weird thing right now that he is just hooked on like classic rock. And I don't know where he got this from, but I'm swave. I'm writing it till it's bitter end. Well, that's that could be worse. At least it's not Baby Shark for crying out loud. Well, <laughs> he'd probably be like, "Oh, <laughs> hello, <Yes>. hello." <laughs> Your son has good taste. Uh, Parenting done right. So, so should I give him a Pink Floyd album for his next birthday? <laughs> the little Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon. Maybe wish you were here. He's into it. <laughs> Shut on you crazy diamond, <laughs> Ethan. He asked, is this a rock song? And I, I'll say, no, this is more like a power ballad. Or, you know, he goes, oh. <laughs> Sm- <laughs> smiling and nodding like he knows what a power ballad is. <laughs> I'm just going to give him, like, you know, mm. multiple Twisted Sister albums. Get that rebellious streak going. Ooh. It's like, Ethan, clean your room. We're not going to take it. No. <laughs> And then, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't uh, uh, Starship Troopers we did last episode also 1997? It was also 1997. We're just right in the cream, and this is where Jim Carrey's career sort of went mainstream. Yes. Because he had the Austin Powers 1 and 2, he had the mask. The movie he did that preceded this is one of my all-time favorites, Cable Guy. That's just dark, twisted fun right there. But this is his sort of like family friendly like not stupid right comedy Wait, this you said this austin is, powers did you mean ace ventura yeah sorry wait a minute wait a minute was he in austin <laughs> powers no I no he wasn't it's stuck in my head from the the earlier uh yeah, earlier tidbit yeah and, and you're right like he did have these like just as these zany comedies i saw all 90s. of those in the theaters all and, of oh, those yeah. jim carrey movies i saw in and the theaters. these were these were great films and, but now this you're right this is kind of like his little stepping stone into getting into more like mainstream comedies that aren't as kooky that aren't as crazy he was even quoted as saying like thank god i actually get to have like my own hair in this actual film and do like it's <laughs> do you know how i know that this was his one of his first mainstream movies because hmm. i saw this movie in the theater with my mom all his preceding movies, she was like, all right, here's five bucks. Get yourself some popcorn. I'll pick you and your friends up later. This is the one that she's like, I think we should go see this new Jim Carrey movie. Interesting. <laughs> As a family. Let's go. Mm-hmm. From 1994 to what? Uh, early 2000. He is busy. A. As a B. Yes. He is doing. And, yes. And not just like, oh, that was a miss. He's doing Batman Forever, The Mask, Dumb and Dumb. Like, Where I don't care for Batman Forever, I do love his Riddler. Yeah, he's fun. Thank you. Thank you. That is my ultimate, like, uh, like hill to die on for that film, because he does give us comic book Riddler. It's not like this dark, twisted whatnot. It's this kooky, off-the-wall, weird energy, and I, I love his Riddler. I really do. So I, I, I 100% agree. Is that agree. also with Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face? Yeah, Tommy uh, Lee Jones, Jones hates him, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I doubt that. 
<laughs> did we did we plumb this depths in a, in a previous episode, or or did we just discuss it as a as a group of friends that uh, he was I, he even asked him like, "What's your problem with me?" And Tommy Jones is like, "I just don't get your brand of comedy. Like, I don't respect it." That might have been a Friday night because I can't think of an I yeah. can't think of a movie that we did where. One, we've done Jim Carrey or Tommy Lee Jones yet. But I would respect that. If someone, if, if I asked someone like, hey, like, what do you not like about me? And they, like, flat out just were like, hey, you're just, you're just not my style. Like, you're weird. Yeah, but like, the, I mean, it, it was worse than that. Tommy Lee Jones is like, I don't respect you. Like, that's. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that, that's, that's grounds for fighting. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, is fine. I mean, it just is what it is. I Apparently, uh, Carrie Elwes, wherever he goes from this point on, people still try to do to him like, hey, Carrie Elwes. The, oh, ooh, it's the claw. Ooh, it's got to get you. Oh, you're scared of the claw. Hey, Gipper. I have something for you, young man. Oh, watch yourself. It's the claw. <laughs> oh, the claw's coming at you. Oh, you're scared of the claw. You're scared of the claw. Ooh. Jerry. Jerry. Huh? It's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> he tries to get him himself. I just, this is my favorite Jim Carrey film, I think, of all time because of just Ooh. how kooky it is. Well, Ooh. like, it's my favorite, it's my favorite comedy for That's him. That's fighting now, don't words. Get me, don't get me wrong, Jack. I love The Cable Guy. I, I just really like how love dark and guy. twisted it is. Oh, like, yeah. And because I remember my, my, seeing that in the theater, like, this is giving me some weird feelings. I don't know how I feel about this right now. But looking see, back, the guy, like, the cable guy is just, it's just a great late night watch. The cable guy, I totally get because it's like us sitting around, quoting movies left and right, making it, like, part of the conversation. My favorite part in that entire film is when he's on the phone trying to call him, and he's all like, oh, I'm just, I'm not doing anything, just kind of hanging around. And the spider crawls across his face. I die laughing every single time because it's so deadpan. The and it's so funny. Is, you know that uh, <laughs> you know that little that little flap of skin. I almost like looking over his stuff. Man, he he delivers. Uh, did you live and die by the first Ace, Ace Ventura? I mean, that was like uh, you saw that on a Friday and or over the weekend, <laughs> and the whole next six weeks you were just like Finkel Einhorn, <laughs> Einhorn is Finkel. No, I I still think <laughs> one hell of a model. American. I think Dumb and Dumber Thank is <laughs> just it's so it's so him at the core because he plays such a yep. really. I, I just. There was something about Dumb and Dumber the first time that I was allowed to actually watch it and not like, oh, you know, when it's on TV, we can watch it. No, no, like at a friend's house. And they're like, you want to watch Dumb and Dumber? Dead bird with the blind man. <laughs> gets me every time. Pretty bird. Pretty bird. <laughs> uh, it, but, but again, he he kills it in this movie. This very movie, much so. If this was Steve Martin, if this was almost any other, I'm like, ah, I don't know if you can pull off the like the tape on the face face that he makes of like, like, oh, it's so hilarious, and I love, I love how just off the wall and physical comedy he can get. And does not care about his body. He will well, sacrifice I'm his body. My own ass. <laughs> Well, that and that whole scene, like the slapping of him hitting the walls and stomping his feet, like he's actually doing that to himself in the in the recording. So, like when when someone when the guy asked him, like, "What are you doing?" 
Literally, quite literally. <laughs> I think it's still funny when he comes back. He's like, who did this to you? A madman, your honor. <laughs> a a about, guy at the end of his Slim. <laughs> kind of gangly. Large teeth, kind of gangly. <laughs> big teeth, kind of gangly. Do you know he closes his mouth after he says big teeth, kind of gangly? He's just like. <laughs> uh, which is great because he wasn't lying. <laughs> That's what's the funniest part. He's telling the whole truth about it. I just, it's so, so great. Guys, if anybody out there has never seen Liar Liar, first off, I want to know what was wrong and what you were doing in 1997. If you weren't born yet, fine. We'll, we'll take that into consideration. But by this point, you should have seen Liar Liar. This is just, it's just so good. So, so good. Mm-hmm. And it's got uh, enough of the childhood aspect like i'm gonna make a wish and my daddy blah 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 but it also has some very risque moments in it like (laughs) how your honor how do we even know that the man in this tape is the defendant oh you're so much better than my husband see if he was a good lawyer i would i mean like he he should have been objecting to the tape there's no proof that it isn't the husband on the Doesn't tape. He object he to the tape. He's like, objection, Your Honor. What? This is very harmful to my case. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, like he should have been arguing, like, you can't tell me that this that they weren't role playing. What if he was trying to be the pool guy? What if this really so is? The movie him? does take some liberties and pushes, like he has like truth serum, where he has to like. It's not that he just has to tell the truth, but he's like pushed beyond you know, working around a lot of it to just act or just not saying anything that he just feels like the need to have to tell the truth, which is fun. You know that this was like an SNL skit that someone was like, Hey, what if there was like a liar um, that had to like tell the truth for 24 hours because it's kid's birthday. They're like that. Well, fuck it, let's make a movie. <laughs> I mean, like parts of the script weren't even like finished yet like the whole scene where he steals the flight of stairs apparently Carrie like called the director in the middle of the night to explain the scene to him and have it <laughs> written out for which, it which uh that's, that's probably the weakest that's the only only i mean it's not weak but i mean this really puts this movie in a separate category like uh another movie called a fish called wanda yes. where their airport antics is so pre 911 that that now like you know 20 years almost after the fact you couldn't imagine 
that sort of thing happening at that airport. Yeah, no way. No way at all. Which is in the like fault of the, you know, the, the screenwriters or, or Jim Carrey's well, no. good idea. But it's just when that's happening, it's just like, yeah, that never happened today. He'd be shot dead. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the fact that the the stair mobile is going as fast as the plane, which why is the plane going that fast? Or is the plane going that slow, getting ready for takeoff? But, but obviously, they're not even like to the runway. <laughs> I don't know. Like, there's there's weird question marks on that. The, the longest runway of anyone's life. Well, I mean, at that point, like I would think someone Aren't in the tower. Aldo? <laughs> I would think someone in the tower would have already spotted oh, the flight yeah. of stairs. And just going like, uh, stop the plane. Some jackass is trying to. So did you guys uh, spot Fire Marshal Bill in the background when he. Uh, yeah. Did you see him, Nathan? Uh, in, as the pilot? What? As, no. So when they are, are putting Jim Carrey on the stretcher and like pulling, pulling him up, uh, like uh, extending the stretcher so it, it goes to like waist height. You can see Jim Carrey as Fire Marshal Bill in the background just like. Oh, <laughs> Hammond in the background for the that. camera. <laughs> yeah. You got to look for it, but it's easy to like, once you know what you, you're looking for, yeah. it's easy to spot. Can anybody else think of any movie that this kid has been in besides Liar Liar? Because hey, he, I, I'm trying to think of anything I, I don't else. Know. He looked familiar, but God damn, I hate that kid's haircut. <laughs> Like I want to find his real long, yeah, but it's like it's like it's it's almost like a bowl cut mullet. It's like business (laughs) up front, playtime in the back, but too much. Like that kid's got to be sweating when it gets hot outside. This was his wasn't even undercut. I think this was his only movie, like actual like mainstream movie. Yeah, could be. Huh? I mean, he didn't really make or break the movie. He was just just a nice, cute kid. Yeah, it no, would have been better he's... if his kid was uh, was it the the snot bubble kid from oh, Little Giants. Yeah. <laughs> I, I yeah. would have I would have been all over that. That would have been great. But you're the only one who makes me feel bad. <laughs> Intimidation. <laughs> Intimidation. <laughs> My therapist says I have to get out more. I think Carrie Ellis plays the best like stepdad that get. He's trying, like he's trying honestly, so hard. This is, I think, the cringe. One of the cringiest parts of the movie is that she is with him only to like try and separate herself from Fletcher. And she- well, I didn't. I didn't get that. I think they've already no, been divorced like, and separated. She's with him because he's like kind of Jerry's like safe and like not gonna do. And I'm like, this yeah, is, this kind of yeah. sucks. He's a good dude um, that genuinely fucking loves you. And he runs a hospital. He runs a hospital. Dad, it's not like he did do the claw. Like he doesn't have the, money. The claw doesn't work in sub-zero temperatures. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's like, hey, Max, happy birthday. One, two, three, four, and five, and six for good luck. Did you see that? He struck the child. <laughs> but uh, one of the little trivia tidbits was that Carrie Elwes, to prepare for this role, bought a bunch of self-help books off of Sky Mall, like a bunch of life-affirming. And that, that was basically the character he was playing, was this sort of like ultra-optimistic, like, I think you guys should go to Boston with me. It kind of makes sense for how he reacts, where it's like, Dad, do we have to go to Boston? No. And then, like they look, at, they look at him, and he's all like, "No, you don't, Max. Unfortunately, I, I do, do. Yep. and I'll always be there for you if you change so your mind." Sad. Yeah, but, but you could tell that uh, Miranda has got. No, is it Miranda? Audrey. 
It's I know uh, it's Myra. Mom is Audrey. That Audrey has cold feet when she's, she's trying to hit the sauce on the airplane. Like, can't believe we're doing this to Fletcher. Give me alcohol now. And well, I mean, yeah, where are we at on that alcohol? Yeah, leaving, like, you know, drinking the alcohol down. When the proposal happens, she's just like slurping that noodle. Just, I'm sorry, what? Did you just propose? He's like, I know it's fast, but I love Max. You love Max. And I'm like, don't tell a kid. Don't tell a mother that she loves her kid. Of course she loves her kid. <laughs> she's not in love with Carrie Elwes. She's, no. it's like she found a nice neighborhood. Like Carrie Elwes is like, is nice and quiet and safe. And it's got great schools. And, you know, the bus picks them up right on the corner. You know, it's, that's really all she's getting out of this. It's yeah, I would agree. It's comfortable. I think for her, it's comfortable. 1997 and around this time, this is kind of their formula of like the divorced parents, like reek parent trappish type kind of thing, get back together. And the step parent is kind of either a a douchebag, b kind of dumb, or c like someone that you actively hate. Like, Miss Doubtfire. Miss Doubtfire is a perfect example of Pierce Brosnan is someone that you fucking hate. And you're like... And, and the the aggrieved, uh, you know, the ex that, that is being divorced always yep. has that one foot just barely still in the doorway. For no, For good, no good reason. There's no... And he, he Fletcher's he real piece of shit. I, he, <laughs> he cheats on her. like, And then he's like, oh, uh, you know, sorry. And then... Kind of well, tr- trying to not, but he's not trying to like actively get back with her. No, which I no, no, no. I think, but I think he likes to joke around a lot. I mean, even when he's all like, yeah. "You guys aren't like," it's like we've been dating for six six months. What do you think? Really? Ew! I thought after me you'd have no energy left. Well, you got to remember, I wasn't having sex as nearly much as you were when we were married. But but the the scene where uh, he alienates his secretary, who uh, she was just in a Star Trek DS Nine episode I watched. DS Nine, Star Trek uh, Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was the wife of the alien yeah, who yeah. could destroy. The, where everybody I was dead her. except for yes. for him, and except he was like them? recreating her. Yes. Uh, but um, and speaking of Mrs. Doubtfire, she was the uh cps lady but um it's when she's like you know my like her neighbor or her sister or something like she got a burglar fell through a skylight dropped onto the cutting block and there was a knife there cut her day cut cut his leg and she got she had to pay his sued got sued by him and had to pay him six thousand dollars is that justice fletcher no I would have got him 10. <laughs> like, he's, an, he's a prick. Which people bring up that, like, court case as an example, saying, like... But well, it's a real... The, it no, has no, no, roots. No, in, it has roots, but the actual, like, you know, burglar fell down and cut himself on a cutting board is... A school prank. Is all, yeah. is all false, yeah. But it does have roots, you are correct, for someone who, like, broke into a school, and then they sued the school for damages trying to because... to steal the spotlights off the school roof, and they fell off of the roof, and... Yeah. That's, that's the kind of stuff that just, it boggles my mind to think, like, so, hold on, we're gonna be faulted... Because our building isn't secure enough for someone to do something illegal. Or you're going to sue me because the coffee I served you that you spilled in your lap is too hot and burned you Uh, when you spilled it on you? I'm going to sue McDonald's because they made me fat. It's it's too easy to get their food and it's cheap. Yep. 40 piece thugs. Can I have that delivered? (laughs) Snack on that all weekend. Oh. This okay. Let me ask you this: Does this movie have a better storyline than Shallow Hal? 
Not execution, storyline. Storyline? I want to say yes. I think, like, morally, kind of, like, the lesson learned, I think, is better in Shallow Hell. The the storyline okay. for me is the plot is so hum. The it's it's like a spin on sort of a Freaky Friday sort of a switch, except you don't switch yeah. bodies. You just can't do one thing. You have to tell the truth. You can't lie. The story and the plot are secondary to Jim Carrey's comedy. Honestly, mm-hmm. like he he's the vehicle of this movie. And I think Drew was right earlier when he said, like, you know, Steve Martin uh, or anybody else who came along, they just wouldn't have the physicality to pull off. Like one of the best parts of this movie is the the, the outtakes <laughs> at the end. Like they are they have me <laughs> died when he's there in front of like the 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 prosecutor or the 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 other attorney. And he's doing like the. <laughs> like it's just fucking like how are you coming up with this shit i mean it's just even even not not just the outtakes but the stuff that's happening in there it's all like all right we'll reconvene at 1 30 yeah <laughs> or, or one of my favorite is uh, uh here it goes i sped i followed too closely i ran a stop sign i almost hit a chevy i spent some more i failed to yield at a crosswalk i spent some more i changed lanes in the intersection i changed lanes without signaling while running a red light and speeding <laughs> it's just it's gold <laughs> or when he's driving along and he's like why is this happening to me and then because he has to tell the joke he's like you rape you what you're so you can you come off and he's like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Allison Hagen, low, shriveled low and to the left. That part where the cop is pulling him over, and then, and then after he pulls out the unpaid parking <laughs> tickets, and he goes, tickets. "Be gentle, <laughs> be gentle." I think the I think the best, the best honest moment for me in this entire film is when he's talking to Greta and she's leaving after she quit, and she's all like, "I remember when you brought me this antique silver Tiffany's uh, picture frame." <laughs> Tiffany's? Lie on for me. I remember when you bought me this antique silver frame from Tiffany's. Tiffany's. Garage sale, six fifty marked down from ten. I'll give you the raise. Here's your raise. (gasps) His face and the voice. It. I die every single time, and it's just again. It's the antics. Of everything that he has to do in this film to to still be funny, but I think when it I think when it comes down to like maybe two two real moments when you actually have to like set aside all the laughter and you actually have to see like the truth when he actually has to say it when he comes back to work and he lies down on the couch and he he just like exasperates and just says like my son hates me and when he's talking to Audrey at the impound lot and he's all like now you listen here. All right, now let me tell you something. I'm a bad father. I mean... I'm a bad father. You're not a bad father. When you show up. Yeah. And you're just like, damn. I hold myself in contempt. Oh, contempt. But is, okay, is he really a bad dad? Well, I think Audrey even addresses that. I think that he says, like, was a bad dad. I think he, I think for the sake of recently, recent events, that is, again, it's precedent to how he's been acting beforehand. He has been a bad father. 
And Audrey even says, like, you're not a bad dad when you show up. And Fletcher even says, give me give me a chance to be the father I started out to be. So, I mean, he recognizes where he went wrong. He recognizes that he's putting his job before his kid wholeheartedly. But then on the flip side of that comedy gold with the pen is blue. Red. Red. All right. Now focus. The color of this pen is <laughs> the color of this pen is <laughs> the color of the pen that I hold in my hand is Uh, And and, and if you guys look closely, he's got B.B. King written the blues, the blues (laughs) and then the boardroom scene. Oh, that's so when Randa thinks that like she's she's got him. It takes him and he's just knocking them dead like you have bad breath due to gingivitis. (laughs) And I don't know if I should if I should (laughs) scrape it off the road and bury it. And when he rips the dude's toupee off and slams it against the wall. God, it's just, I am dying with tears of that. Oh, yes, yes. Nice to see you again, Fletcher. By the way, I'll be observing you in court this afternoon. I've been hearing some good things about you. (laughs) Well, Fletcher has just been telling me how much he thinks of you. Well, why don't you tell Mr. Allen? Well, what do you think of him? He's a pedantic, pontificating, pretentious bastard, a belligerent old fart, a worthless, steaming pile of cow dung. (sighs) Figuratively speaking. I never understood why he gets up and follows her. Like, why does he have to follow her? Unless he's still trying to, like, work the angle of, like, making partner. But every time that he runs into her, like the two times on the elevator, it's like, Ding! Hi, Fletcher. Holy hell! <laughs> or the the series of outtakes, and then the scene where he goes into the elevator with the oh, new with girl the with girl. the large breasts. That's uh, just mama. That was. <laughs> I just want to bounce him like Sugar Ray Leonard. <laughs> that line was quoted at my school in elementary school. So many the mama times. line that I squeeze him. I mean, mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jesus! And we we haven't touched on it yet, but my God, Jennifer Tilly, <laughs> brother Tony! Oh my God! With it all with, comes with full her, circle. Shut her, down the podcast. We're done. We're done with with her little like proto. Can I speak to the manager? Haircut. <laughs> it's almost like a. It's like an early pixie cut. Yeah. You know what I mean? One hundred ten pounds. Yeah, in your <laughs> bra. Seven. <laughs> Well, yeah, one for certain. (laughs) I love that. One for certain. You know what? She makes me so angry. I mean, despite everything that she does and she still like turns it around and says like, no, I want to fight for full custody. That's another 10 grand in child child payments. And it's like, you just won $11 million. Like, calm the fuck down. But when she's leaving and she says, Oh, for God's sake, will you give me those? They're mine. Let go of daddy. Let go of him. Let go of daddy. And she's she's not even talking to the kids. She's just like talking to the housekeeper. Like, come on, Loopy, get the kids. It's like I swear to God, they they better stay quiet. He barfed in the car, 
And then playing the sex tape while the kids are in the room. Oh my <laughs> but again, gosh. This is where the formula kicks in of, oh, and le- we gotta make her not just like kind of a bad mom, like the worst fucking mom. Like he literally delivered these kids to an abuser and like that she's gonna use them for sweat, uh, sweat labor, just like. Uh, she's she's banging <laughs> slick Willie. You slammed her, you dumped her donut, you gave her dog a sausage, you stuffed her like a Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> all right, all right, it's true, okay? I humped her brains out. There, now you happy? Uh, and then the whole seven <laughs> times thing, and then the, the the sort of the veil is is cast back when you she, you see how much of a shitbag mom she is towards the kids uh, in the the courtroom. Yeah, you guys are exactly right. But goddamn, Jennifer Tilly in 1997, <laughs> I was 15 years old. And was Sorsha? <laughs> that that Sorsha take that a back did seat? things. <laughs> That like, yeah. That that that, that, that like that, that gold business. Yeah, suit. That, the yeah. sports the sport blazer with basically nothing on underneath. Yeah, yeah. That that um <laughs> that was one of the first deposits in the old spank bank. If I if I remember correctly, <laughs> I hands down wanted almost like a sequel to Liar Liar because even after he gets out of jail and Greta you know, pays his bail and says like, and does the whole, like, have you been molested yet? I could circle the block. But when he comes out and he says, like, I feel great, rejuvenated. Maybe I'll start my own firm. Do you need a job? How great would it have been if he actually continued the line of, of like, honest lawyering and had, like, a sequel? Well, I don't know. I always have a lot of respect for the standalone movie. I feel no, like I, sometimes I the sequel, while it will make the studio's money, is sort of mm, like Starship Troopers. And <laughs> I may add, much to True's, uh, Drew's uh, unhappiness, Tremors. Sometimes they cheapen the original product where, I mean, there are sequels like Empire Strikes Back where it's like, oh yeah, baby, we're rolling now. And sometimes it's like, this is just cash grab. Like they did all the old tricks. We had some laughs and they separated me from my, my, my general admission. And this didn't make back everything it did in its opening weekend, but on the, oh, on the, the whole though. On the whole? The, oh gosh. Oh, and this yeah. was the high time of Blockbuster where that movie was oh, probably yeah. getting ka-chunk, ka-chunked out of the, you know, as far as rentals. Right. So like a budget of 45 million, which I'm sure. Yeah. I think he got paid 20 million for this. He got Jim paid 20 Carey. million, but $302 million worldwide. Yeah. Very much a success. But I mean, like opening weekend was like, I'm sure they were kind of like, uh, we, we haven't made it all back They're yet. They were too Let's busy watching the, Starship the, Troopers the first weekend. Yeah. They had to come back. It was the second weekend. It's the second weekend movie. It. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you want to watch some guy just lie? Or do you want to watch Tina Meyer? It's okay, Rico, because I got to have you. Stop it. Stop it. The rest of this film doesn't have very many good support, like notable supporting actors. Minus, yeah. yeah the besides the secretary, the prosecutor, the judge. So Susie Kurtz, the uh, the prosecutor gal. Oh, I love I love her. She was in Cruel Intentions, and when I was doing my my Cruel Intentions watch, <laughs> I, I was like, oh. Yeah. There you are! Sebastian! This could have been another crossover where we had a duplicating actress. I 
absolutely love her in a TV show called Pushing Daisies. I think she's fantastic in Pushing Daisies. Is that the one about, like, the guy... He can bring people back to life for 60 seconds. How did I... Watch that for, but he and but he can't. He doesn't want to touch the girl. He's gonna because because her. if he touches someone, okay. So if he touches someone who's dead or something who's dead or that is dead, they have sixty seconds, and if it surpasses sixty seconds, something else in the vicinity has to take the death. So if it's like a person, another person could die. If he brings back his dog. Like a bird dies, and that happens when he was when he's a kid. But then he also he he finds out that if he touches them again, they die forever, and he can't bring them back. Forever. So that's why he he can't touch his girlfriend. He can't touch his dog. But it's kind of funny because he 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 runs a pie shop. So he just like touches the dead fruit, and he like like spoiled or dead fruit, and he just revitalizes it (laughs) back to life. Well, but then something else dies, so it could oh. just be another fruit in the hey, vicinity. But you revitalize like a batch of strawberries and fucking Nana <laughs> Coleman from down the street who came in to pick up her cobbler drops dead. You just have like a huge crate of like berries, something really small that you can just like just just shove his hand into it. <laughs> you know what? I was looking at different movies from 1997 that they pro- that it had to deal with. I mean, things like Men in Black, Face Off. The Fifth Element. What a year! Ooh. Oh it's, my goodness, yeah. It's a it's a good year for you know Selena. All as right, good as he, uh, give me the cash. Give me the cash. As good as it gets. As good as he, I like as good as it gets. I really like as good as it gets. I used a line from as good as it gets in my uh, in my best man speech at my brother's wedding. Oh, a, f- a favorite of mine for horror. Uh, I love the horror movie Cube. Mm. Has anyone seen yeah, Cube? Cube is so. fantastic. Now, Cube is good. The, uh, the sequels, uh, Lenny, Lenny, the sequels, <laughs> not so much. Theory. The se- no, no, and I will agree with Jack there. I will, ju- I will agree with Jack there. The sequels, not so much. However, I will give this. Oh, and Devil's Advocate was also. Wow. I haven't seen that, that in years. Devil's Advocate, I will tell you right now, was a contender for courtroom movies. However, I felt it was more devil than courtroom. Yeah. A very high contender for second place for here was either going to be uh, Rules of Engagement or it was going to be uh, My Cousin Vinny. Evil, the fruits of devil. A few good men didn't uh, didn't scratch it. Uh, that wasn't no. Oh, okay. No, overdone. I I like I that think it's movie. Slightly. Though I, um, I, I like a few good men, but I think it is slightly overdone. Though in the line of fire, no, was that it? No, uh, was it in I'm the line of fire? Uh, it was the Denzel Washington movie where Courage he. Courage Under Fire, Meg yes. Ryan? I really love that movie. Yeah, Meg Ryan. Yeah, uh, Matt, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Matt Damon, like, real early on in his career. Was that Matt, or was that Kevin? I agree. Was Kevin, he was, Kevin Bacon was in A Few Good Men. No, 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 not, not Kevin, uh, but Lou Diamond yes. Phillips was, like, the the like the villain but matt damon was the the corman that uh sort of was able to finally shed light on what really happened like with the cover-up mm. i was trying to think of like other older but that's not films really that I, it's just more investigative yeah i was gonna say things like they're like investigative that's a good new genre investigation i like that that can totally go for things like aaron brockovich and the pelican brief mm-hmm. oh, oh yes yeah. but liar liar hey but liar, 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 liar. He, pull, he pulls it out at the end in the case and wins it. Which you know, what would be the movie if he if he lost? I almost kind of wish that it humbled him, like by him like telling the truth. He was like, you know what, Your Honor, 
no, she doesn't, you know, and like... But I think it did. Yeah, it humbles him because he sees, oh, God, like, I literally won this woman, her kids, and she's horrible, and... Well, and that's what? why also, like, when he's when he's shaking the boss's hand and he pulls it back, like, oh, my God, I'm in bed with Satan. Well, if he had just done his due diligence as an attorney, he could have realized he could have just won this case based off of her lying about her age and the marriage being void. But he was going to have to... He was more interested in lying through his teeth through the entire time. So... Yeah, he gets it off on a technicality, but yeah, you know, you get your happy ending. And I and I know it's the same, it's glaringly the same composer from Little Giants, but that did wear on me towards the end, like, especially the airports, they like, I'm coming to get you! I'm coming for my son! It's like Danny Elfman's playing the music. What's really funny, he did, I think he did the music for Elf, too. Shocking. <laughs> in there is a uh yeah there there's a movie with i believe it's al pacino and he is he's a lawyer for a very very like dirty like mafia member i believe and at the end he goes like and the jury you all should find this man guilt and like he's the defense attorney guilty and, like, he starts like going off a because he's like, no, I'm not going to let this guy go back out in the streets. I'd rather this be a mistrial than, than you know, and he just like unleashes. But um, this information that I'm contributing has no background and is pretty crappy. Drew, thank you. Oh, no, it's saying it. <laughs> I, I, no, 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 I, I think I like I love Scent of a Woman. I love Al Pacino. Is, is that it? No, 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 no. He plays the blind like like general or 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 uh, major or something and he goes to defend the kid that gets kicked out of of the his like his rich boarding school uh because he was covering for a a much richer kid who i think was a young philip Seymour hoffman and uh uh the kid he was defending was a uh, robin from uh batman oh. and robin what's his name he never really did much. I mean, I think he was in, like, one of those shows that my wife and Drew <laughs> likes, but I could never really get into. Okay. The Librarians. Hey, the, the Magicians. I never watched The Magicians. I did watch The Librarians, though. <laughs> I'm sure you'd love The Magicians. <laughs> you don't know me. <laughs> Drew, we, we kind of <laughs> Core drama. You played. You chose liar, liar. I was like, that's the most Drew pick you could go for. Yep. And you're like, there's a lot of things that are similar here. It's like little giants. Well, what if he just went with rap? Not rap. Just just uh, the courtroom scene. (gasps) Doing it again. (laughs) We're doing it again. Don't wait for the translation. Answer me now. Answer me now. (laughs) Objection. Objection. (laughs) Don't answer that. <laughs> Sustained. Okay, was it just me and just like a final thing before we get to some segments? Was that the dirtiest homeless man that you have ever seen? Like, why is <laughs> Rob Schneider's homeless man in Big Daddy is pretty dirty? <laughs> and I see your your reference, Nathan, and I raise you. Was it was it Dirty Lou the gang with the soup kitchen from the uh, the other guys? <laughs> oh no, Mike and the Mike. Dirty Boys. <laughs> Yeah, the sometimes they uh, they they get into a, a vacant car. And they uh, they have a lot of sex in there. It's called a <laughs> soup <an> kitchen. <laughs> I don't know. He just seemed like 
like extra, extra dirty. And I'm just trying to think, like, what are you rolling around in? And I mean, not to like, I guess, I don't know, play light of like someone's financial status that they're having to live on the street. I'm just trying to figure out exactly like, wait, what do you like? What's on your coat? Like, it looks like. No, because I'm afraid you're going to spend the money on booze. And I'd like to go to work without being hassled by the decay of Western civilization. And plus, I'm cheap. off. <laughs> oh, gosh. Segments. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, Segment number one. I wish that for only one day Dad couldn't tell a lie. Max has made his birthday wish, and Fletcher cannot lie for 24 hours. Which, of course, later becomes a huge problem for him. Has there ever been a case in which you were forced to tell the truth besides your objection? Now, was it more of a situation where it was hard to tell the truth or purely on principle? Who'd like to? I'll go first. Uh, So we had this. He was a good friend of mine through uh, middle school and high school. And uh, his father was a computer scientist. So back in this day... Uh, we are talking about, we are on like our, our 36 or 32K dial-up modems doing uh, uh, America Online. And there was the myth that there was porn on the internet. <laughs> but those of us at home that had America Online, we, we could never find said thing. But this kid had, his dad had one of the first like broadband like he had a hard line oh, connection T1 line, baby. <laughs> um, to the internet the t1 line he had a t1 line and it was not america online like he had unfettered access to the world wide <laughs> web and that's when it was the wild wild west so he found the dirty stuff and then he would download pictures sometimes it was at the they were the JPEGs, but they were the like the bitmap ones, which are even worse quality. And he would fill up the floppy floppy disks <laughs> with them, which there's not a whole lot of room on there, so it would be like five or six pictures per floppy disk. And he would just have this case of floppy disks full of purloined internet filth. And he would, much like you, Nathan, deal this around the schoolyard like your Titanic copy of titanic and uh i'm not going to state his ethnicity but we referred to him and this was not his name this was the moniker that we gave him we called him habib the porno king (laughs) and and he wouldn't charge like he would charge the other kids but like he wouldn't charge like us the kids that like actually were his friends like i went over and experienced a lot of a lot of different culture and food to his place but we had French doors, double doors that opened up into the den downstairs. And uh, one day in my middle school years, I had a few discs of old Habib's uh, stuff. And, you know, there were some shorts around the ankles and old mom comes busted in through the double oh, doors. No. And and it was the catch. Like, it's like you're you're like halfway down the ground pulling up your pencil. Like, What's going on here? <laughs> so I, and she was like, I'm taking this computer. I'm throwing it in the trash. I'm like, I got TIE Fighter and StarCraft on there. Like, I do other things. I'm like, I, I, there's these kids at school. And they, they were like, here, try this. And I was like, I didn't know what was on it. And oh, I said that I liked it and blah, blah, blah. And I, I, 
I gave my mom a sob story and uh, she did not throw out the computer, but I did have to tell her the friend that I had gotten oh, from. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, man. So she didn't confront him, but she always gave him a little bit of a steely cold shoulder whenever he came over after that. Wow. So I, I had to tell the truth because I'd use that computer then for a hell of a lot more than that. But goddamn you, Habib, you and your wares, you wore me down. Mm. I was driving on the 10 freeway east, and I was with a friend from college at the time. We were in uh, going back to college uh, at Life Pacific University. His name is Josh Shelton. I'll never forget this. And we're in stop dead traffic. It is backed up for miles. We are on the furthest, the, the lane right next to the carpool lane. And it's a double yellow with a medium in between. So it's not a little, oh, just scoot on in. It's a blatant, I'm going into this lane. There's a full medium, a car length medium in between both <laughs> yellows before you get to the carpool. So I look at Josh and I say, there's two of us. And he says, I don't know, man. And he looked, we kind of do the look back. It's like, I think you're good. So I go for it. <laughs> I'm driving, going for a bit, going for a bit. And I look back in my rear view and I'm like, that truck has got some weird stuff on top of it. Like, what are, are they, are they carrying something? Like, and I just kind of keep looking back, kind of look, that truck, <laughs> that's no moon. That's a. St- <laughs> Oh, it, it's a space station. It, no, it was a cop. And so the cop pulls me over and we pull over into the medium <laughs> like, inside where I crossed both double yellows. And I looked at Josh and I said, I'm just oh, going to no. tell him the truth. I, I deserve this ticket. I deserve it. And like, wh- what? Like, you know, I didn't I didn't try and do anything. He came up to me and he says, license registration. And he says, you know what you just did? I said, yes, sir, I do. <laughs> yes, sir, I did. And so he looks at my stuff and he says, I want you to tell me exactly what you did. I want to hear you say it. And I said, sir, I crossed two double yellows into the carpool lane. And he said, was there a medium in between those two? I said, yes, sir, there was. And I wasn't like disrespectful. I, I just was. <laughs> and speeding. Speeding. And he says, <laughs> where is Wolf? Wolf? I said, Wofford Heights. So at the time, that was where my license was. And he said, where is that? So that's near Bakersfield. It's about an hour east. He says, Bakersfield, that's a shit town. <laughs> and I said, yes, sir, it is. <laughs> he, he throws my license back into my car. Not at me, just like in my car. And he says, speed back up. And get back in the lane. Don't ever do this again. Go back up to your shit town, asshole. <laughs> we started driving and we both at the same time just started cheering like, yes, we didn't we didn't get in trouble. It was it was a great, great moment that telling the truth, it just I I just laid it all out. Wasn't gonna hold back, and it worked in my favor. I had many times that it didn't, but uh <laughs> That was one that did. Oh, my gosh. So I had a, uh, a woman that I used to work with. and Not a um, woman. Her Not a woman. I had a woman that I used to work with, and she worked at the school for many, many years. And her grandson was actually in one of my classes. And she really just 
She thought the world of her grandson, like most grandparents probably do. And he was, uh, he was a pretty popular kid. He, uh, he played baseball and, you know, he, he was, he's pretty well known. So when he comes to a point where he's like failing my class, but he's also like going home and he visits his grandmother a lot and, you know, she, he'll drop by her office and she would give him money and he would just piss and moan and complain about the class and whatnot and yada, yada. Yet everything that is coming to this culmination of him failing the class is a hundred percent his fault. He's like not doing the work. He's not paying attention. He's like on his phone. He's falling asleep in class at one point. And so I would drop by on my way to work all the time and I would have to pass her office or I, I chose to pass her office to go to the main office. And I would always say hi. And she was one of those positions on campus where like you were nice to her because she she worked her butt off at what she did. And if you didn't like kind of praise her if, or if you crossed her paths, it would have been bad. And she stopped me at one point and she was all like, so my grandson is failing your class. And you know what? That's that makes me look bad because he is failing your class. And I've been here for years. Like, how do you think that's supposed to like make an impact on me? Like you are not doing your job right. And he says that you, 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 blah, blah, blah. And finally, I just like looked at her and I kind of like snapped and I was just all like, your grandson is incompetent. Your grandson is not doing well in class because he's failing to choose to do the work that he's supposed to be doing. He doesn't study. He flakes off. He sleeps in class most of the time. He's disrespectful and on his phone. And if I'm correct, I believe he's under investigation for selling drugs to other students on drugs? campus. <laughs> And she like stopped. And she like stopped it. And, and she like, I believe that goose snipping morons should try reading books instead of burning yeah. them. <laughs> burning them. And so, like, I looked at her and I said, like, I teach my class and I do a good job. Your grands, your grandson's incompetence to do his job has no bearing on how I teach. I'm sorry, you're embarrassed. This just did for Germany. This is your Looks grandson's like Drew's fault. declared war on the Jones boys. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was a moment. Say goodbye in Germany. <laughs> oh my gosh! So that was a moment I had to be like brutally honest with her, and she was like, it was one of those moments where like I think I left her like dumbfounded because I just walked out of the room. She didn't say a word to me for I think about yeah. She was like Gosmack. She didn't talk to me for two months. Two months she didn't talk to me. Good riddance. You're all. But it's I fine. She retired and she left. <laughs> no, she left. She retired. Overall, she's a she's a great lady, but like I'm not gonna have someone tell me that like I'm doing something wrong when they just when they're almost like blinded by love for their grandchildren. I remember to the movie them. and Justice for All. Boom, Al Pacino. Boom, watch it. Anyways, okay. go. Sorry. All right. Add that to the <laughs> other part. Don't don't. <laughs> God damn nope, it. Nope, <laughs> it's gonna be now. And I can't it's remember gonna be the, now. Name of the, the name of the movie was Justice. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add a little clip that says, like, I can't think of it now. And then it'll just be me, be me going like, hey, guys, just want to let you know, Nathan's going to come up with the title of the film in about 20 minutes. Or just do, like, so just stick around. Like a little, like, uh, intro music, like, 10 minutes later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Christ. Uh, all right. Segment two. Lies, lies, lies. Fletcher has made it almost his, uh, made it. Almost his entire life off of lying, lying to his wife, lying to his mother, and even his son. What is a notable lie that you have told and gotten away with? Of course, details of who exactly the person being lied to can be left out. 
Answers can be vague, but we should still be able to get the gist of the story. I'll, uh, I'll swing at this one. Okay. I was, this is one of Brooke's favorite stories for whenever we're, like, meeting. Tell them about this. You've got to hear this fuck up of Nathan's. Yeah. (laughs) So listen to his failures. In Santa Clarita, I was a uh, mall concierge. It was a temporary job for the seasonal holidays. And uh, (laughs) fuck you, Jack. (laughs) And then I've got to (laughs) eat. But Beth Beyond is down there just past the food court. Well, it gets better. So, I uh, had the option, uh, they're like, do you want to do gift wrapping? Do you want to do, uh, like, watching the kids on these, like, little motorized things? Or do you want to be the concierge? And I was like, what? I said, oh, that's where you tell people where to go. And I said, hell yeah. I'm new here. I have no idea. That sounds great. It sounds like a great job for me. So, I go to the entrance of the mall. I'm given a little podium and a map. Was there... Like a costume involved? No costume. Or at, or at least like some jaunty hat? Um, no, I was, but I had a tie. Uh, like I was, right. you know, like right. a little bit more presentable. So, so like, was your goal to be like Hector Elizondo, the greatest concierge in film history? <laughs> Bewitching, isn't she? I know you. Weren't you the concierge in Pretty Woman? Yes, I'm Hector Elizondo. I've played a concierge in over 400 movies and TV pilots. Acting pays the bills so I can pursue my true passion. Concierging. I'm starting to get my rhythm and starting to, oh yeah, I started, you know, I know where things are a little bit. So, typical Nathan fashion, I got bored. So, I then started lying with doing accents to different people that would come up. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) And I would just challenge myself and try different ones. And I was doing very good. Very, very good. Very well. Until I decided to do a deaf person and to do ASL. Now, I did not know this at Bad the time. Nathan. But Santa Bad Carina Nathan. Has one of, like, Bad gorilla. <laughs> Ugly gorilla. Ugly gorilla. Go away. <laughs> Amy. Mother. <laughs> Uh, so Santa Clarita has like a very, very prominent <laughs> ASL community and a, a good school uh, for teaching. My ex-girlfriend was going to school for that later on. Yeah, I got kind of called out on that. What? I'm supposed to pay two bucks for stickers because this guy can't hear? Come on. Hey, I might be deaf, but I have feelings. Oh, uh, I, I mean, what? You got got. And that is, but I saved it by just enough, like, well, by like just doing enough and kind of like like feigning sick, and they're like, "Oh, it's okay, you know, thank you, we'll go." And they responded back in sign language, and after that, I was like, "Nope, done, not doing that again." I I I danced with the devil, and I almost broke my ankle. You can't sign. Don't sign for people. <laughs> I know a little sign language. <laughs> God, that's oh awful. Gosh. So, yeah. Well, mine might uh, take a little bit of the edge off of Nathan's and make it seem a little bit Thanks. like child's play. <laughs> I know so I did a candy I, store. Uh, I knew 
a gentleman. He was more like an acquaintance. I had met him a couple of times. However, I was uh, I was very good friends with his girlfriend. And so he had always kind of like feared of like her past little indiscretions of cheating on her significant others. And so they were getting kind of like serious in the relationship. They were in college and they were like, you know, from this point, it's like, I'm he was getting close to like, uh, I, I'm I'm probably going to propose to her like if things continue down the way, like still going smooth. However, he was getting a little nervous. And so he came to me one day and he had asked me, he's like, Drew, I know something happened. I know something happened. And I know she cheated on me. I know. I know she did. And I know that you're like her best friend. What what happened and who was it? And I had to look him straight in the eye and just tell him, dude, I don't know. I honestly I honestly don't know. Ooh. It was me. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> you shabby dog. Well, now their marriage and two point three. Now their marriage and two point three children. Now their marriage. <laughs> uh, welcome our new patron. <laughs> It'll never happen. <laughs> so mine, uh, mine never is funny ever. now, but it was terrifying and embarrassing back then so uh junior and senior year of high school we really got into the ganja and uh jazz cabbage yeah so the georgies so we had one of those like you know teacher in service days where like you didn't have to come in until noon uh they had like conferences or something in the morning so like you know mom's out of the house at work you get to sleep in and uh pretty much everybody in the neighborhood is is at work so uh there's old like 17 year old jack driving through the neighborhood listening to uh, fish uh in his 1992 saturn sl2 and he lights up a doobie and pulls like straight out of the movie a big lebowski where i drop the doobie in my lap and then now it's rolling around on the floor and i'm trying to find this lit marijuana cigarette not paying attention that i'm coming up to a curve and hop the curb and just straight take out a neighbor's oh mailbox. So I stop, reverse, and holy shit, get out of there. And then, but the mailbox had crashed down onto the hood of my car, not really damaged the hood as much, and it, it dented the bumper, but it, it flew up and cracked a little corner oh, of no. the windshield. And my mom, like a day or two later, when she knows, she's like, what happened here? And I, I told her that uh, I had parked my car uh, in the student parking lot out in the corner where the baseball fields are, and it must have got hit by a foul ball or something. Or uh, there was some horseplay, but I, I, I went to school. It was fine. And when I came to drive home, this is how it was. And uh, yeah, not uh, realizing that if she went down the street, she'd see some skid tire marks in the neighbor's lawn and uh, a post where a mailbox had once <laughs> lived. <laughs> And a piece of mail, like still in your, like, <laughs> yeah, oh. might as well have been. But yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I, and I told her years later, like I think I was in my late twenties, uh, and she's like, I knew. This. <laughs> <laughs> All right, segment number three. Except my arm has really been bothering me. Lately. <laughs> oh no, Dad! Oh yeah, it's becoming a claw. <laughs> 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 Stop 
Fletcher has a little gimmick with Max that both brings joy and some playfulness to the relationship. The Claw. What is something that either your mother or father used to do, or maybe still does, that they did to uh, to goof around with you during your childhood? Is it still cute, or has it lost has it lost its appeal? So one thing my dad used to do all the time, and I mean this is in addition to like him, you know, he would jokingly like take his towel and try to like snap it. He would always say like oh, he'd bop us with the towel. He would always jokingly threaten around. He would say like that he was going to use his Vietnam combat training to put us to sleep. <laughs> And so <laughs> go to sleep, go to sleep. That's exactly Shh. what he would do. So he would always say that he would like he could like he formed like his his hand in a certain way and he would get his arm around our necks and he would start like applying it to like a random point in our neck. And he's all like, hey, you just get it right there and just right, right, right there, baby. You just go, 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 go. <laughs> but we would always like squirm out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just because he knew he knew that it kind of like made us nervous. Like we know he's not going to hurt us, but <laughs> that's not <laughs> Hallam neck pinch. <laughs> but that's not going through a kid's mind. <laughs> a kid's mind is like because he said like, no, no, you can make someone pass out in just a matter of seconds. Come here, let me show you. Come here, <laughs> sir. Is he still in the room with you? <laughs> <laughs> Say no for yes and yes for no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't he, he he stopped doing it like obviously years back but I know that if he hears this he he would just be like oh yeah yeah that's funny He's all, I, I used you to didn't do think it. it was funny <laughs> it was all hilarious <laughs> it was hilarious to me <laughs> uh, so my mom would uh, do something that it I, it traumatized me at first but looking back. I could see that she was a uh, a housewife that had just had a bit too much of jack shit. <laughs> Where if I was like, mommy, mom, mom, I'm hungry. Mommy, ma, mama, ma. Uh, sometimes she would just turn with a glazed look on her face and go, I am not your mother. I am your alien mother. I was uh, abducted to the mothership. And now I am your replacement alien mom. And I'd be like, no, stop it. No, can I have grilled cheese? We do not know grilled cheese for I am your alien mother. And it would just be this like whole act that she would do. And even now uh, she'll be like, oh, you, you, uh, you want some, you, you want some salad with, uh, with that? Yeah, I'll have some salad. We have no salad for I am your alien mother. <laughs> like, no, mom, no, no, no more alien mom. There Don't is no like alien it. mom. No grilled cheese. You will only eat gak. That's <laughs> <laughs> yes, right. But my sister was around, and my sister never got Alien Mom pulled oh. on her. So when Alien Mom came out, my sister's just dying in the corner. <laughs> We're like, like three or four year old Jack's going like, "You're not an alien. You're my Come mother." Back, <laughs> so if you ever, if you ever get to I meet my mom, <laughs> maybe at the wedding oh this fall. Ask her about Alien Mother and she will See, die laughing. She'll just like look at us and be all like, oh, you're Jack's friends. We are not Jack's friends. We are we also. We don't know all. friends for we are <laughs> we Alien are Mother. Also, we are also alien. We do that. <laughs> I'm here only to give appearance of mother, but I am alien. <laughs> we need your help. We have studied your motherly ways. <laughs> we have made the grilled cheese grilled cheese. 
<laughs> yeah. So Alien Mom really <laughs> fucked me up for a while. So two things that my parents did that just stuck with me forever. And on your guys' things, mine were very wholesome. My dad used to, whenever we'd go hiking or just like walking up trails while he was like hunting or whatever, he would have me get a like wooden, I'd find a wooden stick somewhere and that would be my, my gun. And then I was GI Joe. And so he, we would be walking and he'd say, Oh look, there's Cobra. Like shoot him. And I would, it probably wasn't very convenient for his hunting he would play to me and to like make it entertaining would be like ah like and he'd like pretend to get shot and i'm like oh oh no <laughs> they're around us <laughs> and it was just it was <laughs> is there an exit wound bite down on this it helps i know <laughs> <laughs> but he just was, he totally like leaned into it. I, uh, kind of like Alien Mom, but uh, just made walking a lot of fun. And then there was a game that my parents and I played all the time. And it was just, I'm the cowboy and you're the horse. Basically like, I'm the parent oh, and you're the yeah. kid. And like, we would just go back and forth, back and forth with, you know, no, I'm the cowboy, you're the horse. And then I'd say, no, I'm the cowboy, you're the horse. And we'd just go back and forth, and they'd, like, reverse it. No, I'm the horse, you're the cowboy. And, uh, anyways, I tried doing that with Ethan. It didn't get very far. Ethan's just like, I'm a horse? <laughs> Did it confuse him a bit? Oh, damn it, no. <laughs> you're too cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta put, we gotta put uh, you down, bud. <laughs> so, so, the reason I'm cheesing right now is Anna put Beverly, our uh, our rescue dog, into her pink harness, which she just steps right into. And she knows she's going out, so she grabs her squeaky Yoda doll. And then she's just high-stepping around the house like, we're going to go out on the town. This is what we're doing right now. So, she's just prancing back and forth just Girls, with the just thing in her mouth. Wanna have fun. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wanna have fun. I love that dog. I love it. I love it. Jack's little fur baby yeah. dad. Yeah, who's, who's Jack got? And the name. Who doggy? Yes, I do. We, uh, we got uh, Beverly, Dr. Beverly Crusher. Uh, she is uh, on the flagship, the Enterprise, which is also the Wi-Fi network at my home. But she's uh, she's precious. She's about four years old and uh, just real sweet. They said she was a stray. I think she was abandoned because she's like pretty much potty trained. Oh. And really comfortable around people. Hmm. Yeah. The only time she's had an accident in the house is when, when the sprinklers were a good rest. Oh, well, sprinklers are frightening not, to anybody. Not having that. No. But, mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And uh, we were we were willing to pay the $85 adoption fee, but she had been there for over a month. So when Anna went to pick her up after she had gotten spayed, they're like, well, she's been here for over a month. So Aww. the fees are waived. We're like, we would have paid full price for you. That's really cool. Can I give my $85 to somebody else? Out of all the dogs, she was the most. But yeah, she's uh, she's precious. She was the most human. Well, speaking of most human, Jack, what's our Patreon for this? So I think this is usually, folks, the Patreon special is just like a load of bullshit that I come up with. But uh, this episode, I think... This could be for any listener out there. This is called the Put a Little Husk on That Voice special. So anybody between the airing of this episode and 
you know, this special ends when we air our next episode. Drew is well known from High Spirits and Today's Liar Liar for his uncanny Jennifer Tilly impression. Join any level of our Patreon and Drew will personally phone, leave a message, or outright prank a person (laughs) of your choice in the sultry voice of Jennifer Tilly. Seven. Would you do it, Drew? It's totally worth it. Seven. Seven. (laughs) Better yet, better yet. If you if you have a brother, literally by the name of Tony, please please become brother Tony. Patreon, so I can call him up and just go, brother Tony. Oh God! Oh, gives me the willies, but I like it. (laughs) That could be fun. I think that would actually be a lot of fun. Actually, fun thing, when this episode comes out, it will be the very first day of live stream for The Cure. And this is the fifth year that live stream for The Cure is happening. I'm going to be on there periodically for every $1,000. I'll be taking a shot of moonshine. So come on and join myself, Nicholas Haskins, formerly of Epic Film Guys, now of Nikolai's Kitchen, Justin and Loisos of Epic Film Guys, and many other podcasters and content creators to uh, help raise for $15,000 for a world free of cancer. I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. So that's going to be happening May 19th through the 23rd. Go sure, uh, be sure to uh, go check out uh, livestreamforthecure.com for more information. Hmm. Uh, so, what would you guys rate Liar Liar? Oh, this is a very strong and heartfelt and honest four out of five stars. I would give this uh, hmm. seven out of ten objection. Oh, this is detrimental to my case because this, this movie is <laughs> good. It's not again. I don't think it's the best of the Carrie films, and the, the but it it nails on the laughs. It kills it on some of the the physical comedy that he does. Seven out of ten. Uh, so during uh, Fletcher's traffic stop, he lists off <laughs> ten uh, traffic infractions, including the unpaid parking tickets, which would make it eleven. Uh, so I'm going to give this a solid eight out of eleven. The comedy is is great. There's Jennifer Tilly, <laughs> but the the music does the the composition does annoy me a little bit. Is it's yeah. that that eight or that 1990s like you know what I'm talking about? I yeah, I get you. And goddamn, somebody give that poor kid a haircut. <laughs> but eight out of eleven, I still it's a strong yeah. showing, and it's there are parts where I'm still laugh out loud. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you guys, uh, what have you been watching lately? Anything good? Oh, gosh. Uh, still making my way, obviously, through a little bit of a dun, star. Dun. No, I'm caught up on that. But I've been making my way through uh, Stargate. And then just recently before, you know, this recording, uh, you know, Spiral from the Book of Saw is coming out. So I started making my way a little bit through some of the Saw films hmm. in which uh, actually uh, yeah. we have Dizzy. Number two. Dizzy is one of the detectives in the Saw films. She is. Yeah. It's two and... And Carrie Elwes. And three. And I think the first one, isn't he? Yeah, Carrie Elwes is actually in the first one, yeah. Uh, and I actually went back and I I rewatched... I don't know why. I did it like late at night, but I really Which would like, be the best time for Saw. Which, well, not even... This wasn't necessarily for Saw. I just went back and I, I was like, man, I need a movie to kind of like just be easy and go to kind of like tire myself for before I go to bed. And 
I, I went back and I started I rewatched Law Abiding Citizen with Gerard Butler and Jamie Foxx. I really I really like that movie. It's just it's it's not it's not too complicated. I think it's I think it's good enough of a watch. Characters are developed well, and I like the twist. I mean, obviously, watching it again, it's the, the twist is ruined, but it's still it's still nice. So, Anne and I rented uh, over the weekend a movie called Paper Tigers, and uh, it's about three guys that were the the students of a kung fu master who had come to America, and they had all like drifted off. You know, there was a falling out between the main fighter, like the the primary, and then the second one fell off, and then finally the third one fell off. So they all meet up like 15 or 20 years later after the sensei has died, and they find out that the sensei had taken on a new apprentice that was like triad gang affiliations and they have to take him down because he killed their master and it's just a great little kung fu movie but it's like there's nobody in it you would recognize and it's laugh out loud hilarious and it was just watchable as hell it's it's paper tigers came out 2021 if you see it to rent or you see it on streaming we really enjoy the hell out of that movie it was just Mm. uh, it was a lot of fun because okay. they intersperse it with the uh, like the VHS tapes that they had taken back in like the nineties versus the the three old guys that they are older guys that they are now like in their forties and such. Uh, it was it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we enjoyed the, the hell out of that. I've been watching the uh, the Son of Sam documentary on Netflix, which is not feel good TV, but it is interesting. And then we started, but we haven't finished the first episode of the new superhero movie or superhero series with uh, was it Josh Dumahall uh, on Netflix? Is like is Jupiter's that, something or another? Oh, yes, it's out. Yeah, we haven't uh-huh. finished the first. We'll probably do the first and second one. Uh, finish the first, watch the second one tonight. I've heard good things, but uh, we've we've enjoyed it so far. But again, I don't have much of an opinion at this point because we're barely a percentage into it. Mm-hmm. Well, um. I have not been watching good things. I, uh, I watched I, rewatching uh, Bravo series. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I, I rewatched Ted. So I've never seen Ted. It's it's not a great film, but it's it's definitely just got is, Mar- wait like wait, the talking yeah. bear. Oh, I the thought you meant the bear TV Ted? show oh. Ted. No, Mark Wahlberg and no, I yeah, I like I like Ted. Ted's, yeah. Ted's okay. Mystery Men. Did you ever watch it? Was it's, it's a Ben Stiller? Oh God, Mystery Men's classic. And, uh, just Mystery Men is great. Shows here and there, but nothing. I, I need to jump back into Frank of Ireland and that Jupiter's. Was that any good, Frank of uh, Ireland? The first episode had me rolling. I told my mom loves everything Irish. The turtles. So I told Irish, her, I was like, yeah. Just a heads up, this is an <laughs> Irish film with Irish actors, and Domhnall Gleeson is in it. Very crude, and she's like. Yeah, I saw the previews and I was a little disappointed because I I do love Irish films and I do she anything that is filmed in Ireland she is watching and going oh we were there and ooh we had we uh, yes mom we know <laughs> Ireland <laughs> oh I touched that I've rock. seen that place yeah, we get it we get it and then I I think I watched uh, late Saturday night Elon uh, Musk oh dread. No, no, Dread. Uh, I didn't watch, watch Elon Musk. Musk. The, 
Blech. But uh, the because I think we talked about it last episode. We we did. But I, yeah. I watched the uh, the reboot of Dread. I think that's a great film. I, I still love it. Yeah. Mama, I, and it's got Cersei in it <laughs> oh. from Game of Thrones. Yep. Yeah, she's Mama. All right. Well, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always. Search for us up on Facebook, The Real Feels Podcast. We're also on Instagram. On Twitter, we are at Real Feels Pod. You can send us an email, realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. Guys, but hey, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail on the Tooch line, you can call 661-376-0030. We'd love to hear from Hello, you. Hello, Tooch line, my old friend. Oh, But of course, if the Tooch line is not your, uh, not your style, folks... The best thing for this podcast is obviously word of mouth. Go out, tell your friends, tell their friends, tell people that they may be friends with. Spread the word of the Real Feels podcast. And even up on Apple iTunes, the podcast, you can leave a five-star review for the Real Feels podcast. Landing gear. Yay! Landing gear. Yes! (laughs) Landing gear. Shout out to season one. (laughs) It all comes full circle this September. (laughs) It all comes back. Well, hey, coming up, we have our very first Patreon film. Was it? Is that I'm our excited. second one? Wasn't Little Giants our first one of the new season? Or was that the tail end of the last season? Oh wait, was that the tail? Oh wait, no, that was the beginning of oh. this season. You, you are correct. I'm sorry. Technically, it is Hello. the second film. Man, things just things are going so smoothly. I just, uh, I totally forget. So yeah, second film for from our uh, Patreons. We love our Patreons. Thank you to everybody who's uh, helping to support all the feels. After our Patreon pick, it goes back to Jack. Deep Sea Ocean. Deep Sea and Ocean. Nathan. After that tragedy. And then I'll bring you guys a vacation movie for July. Mm, mm, mm. Well, mm, mm, mm. guys, thank you for joining us on the Real Feels Podcast. Please come back in two weeks' time. And as always... You're the realist. And the feelist. The pet is blue. The goddamn pet is blue. <laughs> <laughs>